This is going off the rails. Okay, all right. Uh, love actually. Uh, Liam Neeson is the stepfather of a child who has West Borland eyes. Twitch. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Pete. Hey, Merry Christmas, Deej. Thank you for the Merry Christmas wish. Uh, This is a Christmas kind of themed episode, but Christmas is the time of year to burn Love Actually to the motherfucking ground. (laughs) Yes, this is. uh, I'm more excited for this episode of trashing Love Actually than I've been in a long time. Yes, this is. uh, It feels like Friday Night Lights week, except it's just one episode, and we're just dedicating everything to one thing. we teased that there was going to be a little bit of a surprise for this episode, and the surprise is going to be we are going to drink a shitload of wine and then come back and do the episode. We've got some housekeeping uh, to take care of. We've got reviews and stuff, but we're going to come back after this and be pretty drunk on wine and just basically melt down for you all to hear because it's a super easy movie to pick apart. Oh, God. Like, we, we took notes for this. I hate this it's movie. So, I don't even know if I hate it. I just know that it's oh, bad. I, I and hate it's it. very easy to point out when you, as you're watching it, like, that was bad. That was stupid. That guy's <laughs> the weirdest fucking guy I've seen in my life. Why is that, like, six year old guy talking about getting an eight year old Satan boy laid? That's, <laughs> uh, a, that's a fucking plot line in that movie. Yeah, I know. And you also mentioned the fact that it's, it, it's Christmas themed. Is this a Christmas movie? It presents itself that way, but nothing about it. I is think they like, say like it's a Christmas themed romantic comedy. So it's like the Die Hard discussion. It's like is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Right? It'd be like is Love Actually a Christmas movie? Because it doesn't really doesn't really have like directly involved with Christmas. Mm. It just takes place around Christmas. You know what's a really weird thing that I'm actually experiencing right now? You know that when you know you're going to get super drunk. Uh, before you've even had any alcohol yet, your body kind of gets drunk and your body's just like super hype and is preparing itself to just like... I think we're both there because we're both having some troubles forming uh, coherent sentences. We've never had... We have never once had to re-record anything, like any intro or anything. Uh, This took three takes already. We're on our third take and we're both fucking dead sober. We couldn't say, Merry Christmas, Pete. (laughs) Merry Christmas, DJ. We're talking about Love Actually today. I called it Friday Night Lights. It was a whole fucking mess. Um, So again, we're sober right now. We are going to do uh, reviews because Pete, you put a little carrot out there and that fucking worked. (laughs) I, uh... So I got a bunch of copies of NHL 17 from EA Sports. Heard of it. Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) They sent me 10 copies. Uh, I'm going to give some away to whoever leaves the funniest review on iTunes for brunch. Hmm. So we got a bunch of them on Twitter. Uh, I'll announce the winner on Friday, so that gives you some time to actually uh, go leave us a review and try to win your copy of NHL 17. Uh, But we got a bunch uh, from Friday, so let's crack into those. Okay. Uh, Nice says TBS all day. (laughs) He uh, gets... You have multiple copies. This guy gets one. (laughs) Um, We all need brunch in our lives, whether in the form of food or even better, two handsome gentlemen by the names of Bean and Blackburn. Their jokes inside and out are beyond hilarious. And if you give any of their episodes a try, you'll be laughing your butt off language and probably questioning your sexuality by the end. Keep it up, fellas. Nice. Uh, I really want a free copy of NHL 17, says VJ Petralia. Uh, I subscribed when you guys did the FNL stuff and it was awesome. I unsubscribed when it was over, though. I'll resubscribe and start listening again for a chance for NHL 17. My job is super boring, so why not? 
That's you're probably not going to get a copy, dude. That wasn't great. That was. <laughs> I I love the honesty. I like the honesty. I like the honesty. It's but... a it's a weird move to unsubscribe from a podcast like that. Like especially yeah. after you enjoyed the part the ones that you listen to. Like yeah. I feel like unsubscribing to a podcast is a real angry move. I don't think I've ever done that. That's honesty is good, but weird honesty is weird. That was weird honesty. He could have been like, hey. To be honest, I've only gone in and out. Like I've just kind of dabbled. I've checked some here and there, but uh, I'm fully subscribed now. That's how you could have said that. We could have been like, "All right, that guy didn't like us. Now he does." Instead, he's like, "I I'm basically only down for Feidelberg, is What that guy said. <laughs> uh, Don't be alarmed," says Candy nine five two two. Some of you may think of Pete as nothing more but Jared's Section Ten sidekick. He is the Robin to Jared's Batman. He is the Ben Affleck to Jared's Matt Damon. He is the page. I'm not going to finish. No one fucking thinks that. I, I think that Jared has like his cult following that definitely views me as like the sidekick. In like the baseball world? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um, also, he, that's the first time that anybody has ever com- called said, it. I'm Ben Affleck to right. somebody else's Matt Damon. Damon. Yeah. Um, he is the, well, you get the point. But Giftboy and Co. in parentheses, DJ, are ne- this guy is just trying to put everybody down. Uh, <laughs> are nice with it on the brunch podcast. From pop culture to things of lesser importance. Oh, that's a reference to your old Twitter bio. Oh yeah. So that guy is really, really trying. Uh, I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Pete records episodes wearing an MJ Olympic jersey, or maybe a Charlie Conway Mighty Ducks jersey, or maybe he even multitasks and plays NHL 17 on PS4, in which case, hopefully, we can get a few games in. Nice. That guy really recovered. Yeah. it's It started off with like, all right, now listen. It's like, nobody cares about you, Pete. I just <laughs> want to say, I want to insult just this one guy, so don't worry. As for the other guy, uh, I don't <laughs> really have anything gonna, to I'm say about him. Name him. I, I'm not right. even going to say his name. I he has two letters in his name, and I've, I've already forgotten them. Fun fact, I do have a Mighty Ducks jersey, but it's not Charlie Conway, because why would anybody buy a Charlie Conway Ducks jersey? Yeah. So they have Adam Banks. Yeah. Uh, listen to Brunch, says Alex, uh, Eric Salisbury. Uh, if you've ever, w- ever watched a Zac Efron movie and thought to yourself, you know what, that's just a really hot dude, then this is the podcast for you. There's no metaphor there. DJ and Pete really just love to talk about how hot Zac Efron is. Cool, yeah. Nice. That was <laughs> nailed it. I agree. I was that's, nodding along that whole. That that's whole, actually not true, though. We've talked we about this before. We yeah. don't, Zach Efron heat checks usually aren't aren't about Zach Efron's it's looks. Usually, a little nudge at something at the way that Zach Efron acts. Yeah. Acts. Yeah. yeah, like the way that he like. We're fucking himself. slurring words, and we haven't had any alcohol. This is. Uh, can my boy get a dry saddle jersey? I like where this is headed. Uh, by Gorlammy underscore. It's that dude. Fuck Gorms. Oh, love that dude. Um, if you're looking for a podcast filled with little to none sports talk, hot takes on music and movies that they probably haven't seen or researched, make yourself at home and crack a bottle of wine. Welcome to brunch. Leave your previous sports bro talk misconceptions at the door. And dip your toes into the idea of commenting on a guy's looks compared to the locker room talk of Shudder's women. All they ask is you pay your respects to the not-creepy-at-all shrines of Moo and Miles Teller and not pay attention to the fake brunch noise and give them the occasional free ticket when they ask for it. Speaking of which, can my boy DJ get a flipping dry saddle jersey? Gift God is getting gear for a team whose trademark didn't even go through. Pete, I'm not forgetting you. Hope you have a jolly holiday season and get a vintage Russell Celtics jersey to add to your collection. Thanks for all the time and effort, boys. These are always the highlights to start and end my week. Merry Christmas, Thomas. Nice. I don't disagree with any of that. No. 
I uh, Tom, uh, Thomas is the uh, is like the brunch super fan. I think he's a the loyal, one. but he's not like a crazy person. No, I don't. Th- well, he's, he's not going to like he's skin a fan us of brunch, and wear, so... wear our skin suits, right? And I like I'll I hope he's kind of getting into etd territory. Like if he tweets at me, he's I'm gonna give him the time of day. You know, uh, he's <laughs> cool, a good man. guy. You're totally humble, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Bad Boys of Brunch by Hiccup99. Two liberal morons debate Hawkeyes mm-hmm. and make fun of Trump. They've had their man card taken away <laughs> countless times, which must be why they call themselves the Bad Boys of Podcasting instead of Bad Men. <laughs> Give this a listen before Obama leaves office and the world ends. I know that every word That's of that sarcasm, was an insult. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I love every second of yeah. that. Like, if someone were to say, you know, why you guys are called the Bad Boys, and I was like, I don't know, because you're not men, I would think that was the funniest thing <laughs> yeah. in the world. Very good. Love that. Um, <laughs> this is a good one. Twitter under it's just someone their their <laughs> review is they give their or their name is they give their Twitter handle and they say, "Have I listened to this podcast? No. no. Do I want a copy of NHL 17? Yes. End review. I I like that move. What if I just gave that guy the copy of NHL? <laughs> That's the thing though. Like it's uh, did you 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 wrote college essays and stuff? Yeah. Sometimes I would do like. Some serious, cool college essays, and then I would every now and then I'd make like one a fucking crazy one. So they'll be like, "Hey, should we let that guy in?" Going with the crazy <laughs> shit, yeah. So I think that's what this guy's doing. It's a bold move. He's standing uh, out. Great stuff by Jordan Wenrick. Uh, man, this thing gets me wet like T Pain in the early two thousands. Hey, nice. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I like it. Awesome. I'll explain to you after. Okay. Uh, has nothing to do with brunch, says Tom D. Two sports Twitter guys uh, try to convince you that wait. they're not gay while talking <laughs> about friends, Zac Efron, and Justin Bieber. Also, it has nothing to do with brunch. That is wonderful. That's pretty great. Way to go, Tom D. Also, we have never tried to convince anyone that we're not gay. Right. This would be the very wrong approach. This would be a weird way to go about <laughs> being like, hey, guys, swear to, I, I need you to believe. I, I need you to believe that I'm not gay. But here's a Here list goes. of all the guys whose dicks I would suck. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, that was reviews. Uh, no, we had one for, that was NHL 17. Did, did you read that one? Yeah. That says, if you don't oh, give me a copy of no. NHL 17, I will unfollow you both on Twitter. <laughs> well. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was reviews. Those Let's were great reviews. Wine. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Uh, yeah. Wine time. Here's the sound of some wine being poured into a cup. Keep going, Deej. Can you believe this? Oh, fuck, I spilled it. (laughs) Cheers. Cool, man. Hey, man. Let's find the bottom of these bottles. (laughs) All right, we've had wine, and we thought of a good new segment. And we're going to start off uh, our Love Actually discussion with this segment. What's it called? Uh, It is called uh, Adam Jones Ranks Things. Yes. Uh, okay. So this edition, we are going to start with the storylines of Love Actually. Okay. So here we go. Adam Jones. Adam Pacman Jones ranks things. Um, okay. You start. Okay. Uh, the the musician storyline. Garbage. The horn dog storyline. That literally could be anybody in the in the movie. Okay. The uh, the horn dog who goes to Wisconsin storyline. Garbage. Oh, thank you, Adam. 
Uh, let's get to uh, the best man storyline with Andrew Lincoln. Garbage. How about the cucked uh, author storyline? Garbage. Not bad, not bad. What about the uh, the stand-in storyline with uh, Martin Freeman? Garbage. What about the storyline with like a 65-year-old guy who keeps talking to an, a 5-year-old kid who looks like Satan about getting laid? Garbage. What about the workaholic who uh, has a weird obsession with the guy who looks like Aladdin? Garbage. Oh, cool. Uh, how about the boss that nothing attached to him is remotely interesting? Garbage. Last but not least, what about the, uh, the, the prime minister that falls in love with a supposedly fat woman who's not fat? Garbage. Wow. Oh, that's okay. This has been Adam Pacman Jones ranks things. That was... That was helpful. That was it very was helpful. Helpful and al- accurate. We're on the same page, I think. Uh, so, Love Actually, we actually disagree on this. I don't know if I hate Love Actually. I just know in my soul, in my truth, that it's a very bad movie. And a lot of people think it's a good movie. And it's just a very easy movie to pick apart. That's the only thing. I mean, like, I have a seething hatred for this movie. Yeah, I know. I, you. I, 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 the first time I saw it, I was. So fucking angry. If memory for, serves, you went into it thinking it was good, though, right? Like someone like well, you've been I, misled, right? I went into it because so many people talk about it like it's fucking amazing, right? That's that's the thing about this movie is that people fucking love it. I know they love this movie. Okay, so we both took extensive notes on this movie, and honestly, the, the movie is like two and a half hours long. It's so fucking it's a long. Really long it's movie. So fucking long. And if you are taking notes throughout the movie on things that you're observing that might suggest it's a bad movie, it takes about four and a half hours to watch. Right. Because and you are hitting pause a lot. Right. I took a lot of notes. And we watched it twice. Yes. Lots and lots of notes. Um It's like when you're transcribing. Yes. It's, you have to kind of like, if you're transcribing a 15 minute interview, you kind of have to a lot, like, at least double that so that you can stop and fucking write totally. down what happened. And also, like, I need to take a, like, a break when I was watching it. <laughs> I got up, I, I took a little walk. I was actually, I was going to pour myself a drink, and I was like, no, 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 focus, focus. <laughs> you need to, you can, be, you can be drunk when you're reading these notes, but you can't be drunk so when you're I taking think them. The, the way that we approached uh, note taking was that we kind of just like kept a running diary for when sure we, when we were watching it. We haven't um, seen any of our stuff. Haven't shared many much of it yet. Um, so the movie starts off with... A uh, reminder that 9-11 happened? Oh my god. The movie fucking starts with like, love is great. It, ah, 9-11. That was a bummer. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like That's how the movie fucking starts. I'm not it, kidding. It, like, it, it romanticizes airports, which are like... Nobody fucking loves airports. Yeah. And then it's like... By the way, I don't think you saw people uh, people saying negative things about 9-11. They, they weren't calling from airplanes saying negative things. Yeah, because you're they were calling saying like, die. I'm dying, <laughs> right. I love you. That is so, that's like Ma- try- Mark Wahlberg territory of right. shit you should not say they about like 9-11. They like romanticize 9-11. Right. Unbelievable. That is, a, that's a whopper of a way to start a movie. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it starts with them saying, uh, hey, this is a movie about love. Just a quick reminder thousands died they then cut to bill nye recording a song in the studio and bill nye is playing a veteran pop rock kind of god correct he's a washed up rock icon so he's record so he's probably recorded a lot of songs right yes probably had a lot of hits uh he is 
sitting down he's not recording vocals he's not. yes he's not. he is no he's not he's, he's in a he, weird he, fucking crouch he gets up a little bit he no at one point he gets up and he's so high above the microphone that he's no longer sitting in singing into the microphone but he starts he's sitting on a stool like like okay. he's about to get up but he's sitting down at a microphone you do not record vocals sitting down. It cuts your diaphragm in half. Yeah, no, and, nobody right. ever would, unless like it's they're trying to get like a live performance of you playing a piano or something. Right. They would not say, "All right, we're going to do these vocals." If you have go, a seat, come, come into the vocal booth and have a fucking seat. So that's super weird. And also the fucking half crouch, like he's taking a shit in the woods, right. And there's no toilet there. And once he gets into that stance, like I said, he's no longer. It's a it's a condenser mic, so it's picking up everything in the room. So. It's still kind of picking him up, but it's basically recording his chin. Also, he's wearing a fuckload of jewelry. You can't wear fucking jewelry with condenser mics. It's going to... It's going to hit the jingling. Right. You're going to hear a lot of jingling. These are... So it starts off, hey, 9-11 happened, uh, rock god with engineers and producers everywhere who have no idea how to record music. Incredibly incompetent at the job. Very, very uh, shoddy operation. Also, not to mention, uh, he's recording a Christmas song... uh, Three weeks before Christmas. That's early. That's uh, that's pretty late to record right. Christmas. Right. Very, uh, very flawed approach towards creating a Christmas song. And he's literally re- re-recording a song that he had previously recorded and just replaced "Love with Christmas." Yeah. He. Uh, you know who did and that? Somehow it becomes number one. You eventually. know who did that was uh, John Parr, who sang uh, "Man in Motion" from the movie Saint Elmo's Fire. He re-recorded the song years later and changed the words from. St. Elmo's Fire to Tim Tebow's Fire, and it was a hit. So, kind of a good move. He loved actually did it. All right, so then we go to a, uh, we meet a sick, quote unquote, sick wife who is staying home so she can get her rocks off with her brother in law once her husband leaves. Yeah. That makes me think love, you know? <laughs> 9-11 <laughs> shoddy recording techniques and cheating. Uh, uh, I will say the uh, the move by the brother-in-law to not only fuck his uh, his brother's <laughs> wife, but also wear his robe. Yes. <laughs> wear his robe at that home. Is, oh, man. That is some satanic shit. <laughs> that is. It reminds me of the penguins. One of the memes. <laughs> right. One of the memes was the penguin who was cucking the other penguin. <laughs> Your like, robe comfortable <laughs> as hell. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So much for us not laughing this episode, by the way. I'm having the time of my life. Um, so then we cut to Liam Neeson, who rings his friend to talk about, that's right, his dead wife. <laughs> Lovely movie. Uh, and then there's the horn dog guy who is going around his office, handing out food and calling a woman who does not like him, his quote unquote future wife. wife forcing her to cease her productivity because she has to leave the area because she's being sexually harassed. Uh, that's like the that's like the least sexual harassment thing that in happened that in that scene. That and well in that office as well. Yeah. Uh, he also handed out some food and was like, "Try my lovely nuts." Yes. And he was wearing a shirt that says uh, "Satisfaction Guaranteed." Probably not the guy you hire to deal with a lot of people. Unbelievable that that guy is not having sex. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Up next uh, are the sex scene body doubles who we're gonna agree on this those are the only two normal motherfuckers in this in this whole movie that's a tough thing to say really they arranged a date while like they were naked and like pantomiming sex acts that that, that happens to be how they met each other they're at work yeah I, like that's not their job well i don't know that's a very that whole storyline so unnecessary didn't need it uh didn't need so it at all. that ranks so i 
I would say it's the second least necessary storyline because in a movie that is all about fucked up shit, I'd rather not have anything that seems kind of normal. I'd say that they're the most normal of the... I mean... Away the, the, from the that scenario, right, the, sure. The, the circumstances are weird, but they met at work. They hit okay. it off. They Away went from that date. scenario, sure. Uh, it is funny, though, that they when they kiss, uh, he's like... Like he just fucking hit the lottery, and it's like, dude, you've already fake banged her. Like, you're right, you just times. had your hands on her tits like for uh, forty five. <laughs> you've minutes. gone way farther, man. <laughs> right. um, uh, you said second on most unnecessary storyline. What's the first? Because I oh, think it's the God. musician. It, oh no, it's the it's the cucked author. Uh, I don't. I disagree with that. I think that the most unnecessary storyline is the music, musician that really goes nowhere. He has no connection to the rest of the. People. Yeah, no, no, no one's tied in with him, right? And the, the, the nobody's Satan tied. Boy, in, nobody's Satan tied boy in with watches Martin him Freeman, for a minute. right? What's that? Nobody else is really tied in with Martin Freeman either. No, no. Um, so from there we go to a wedding uh, where Andrew Lincoln and the groom lament the time that they had to be around gay people one time. Uh, cool, nice, L- loving that. That's really wholesome, nice, man. Nice, uh, Hugh Grant, who is the new prime minister, uh, he. Tells one of his like new coworkers, someone who works for him, that he hates his name because it reminds him of his pervert uncle. Right. Uh, then the woman who works from him, who spoiler, he's gonna try to, f- he's gonna fire because he's trying to fuck her. Uh, she swears, so she's like, we think, okay, at least there's this nice lady, and then she's terrible at her job. Um, so- I don't think swearing makes you terrible at your job. We're great at our jobs. Uh, so to race through first impressions, you've got an immediate reminder that 9-11 happened, an alleged musician who is not familiar with basic recording techniques, a cheating wife, a dead wife, an office creep, casual homophobia between bros, and an absolute dickbag holding the most senior position in government. <laughs> Love. Let's party, man. <laughs> That's the first three fucking minutes of the movie, right, by the way. Yeah. We, we just spent 15 minutes on this. That's, that's just like kind of little snapshots. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, the arrangement of, of like, this whole movie is disgusting. It's deplorable. <laughs> like, there are points where you forget that people, that storylines are even involved with the movie. They yeah. spend, like, 40 minutes, uh, like, without even touching storylines and stuff. And then they, they're like, hey, remember this part? Right. I, uh, I, I told you going into this, I was like, man, I took extensive notes. I couldn't take notes on the cucked author. I took, like... <laughs> Two or three, and I took like five hundred on the rest of them. And also, that's they, so boring. They really love to shove it down your throats that uh, that like these people are connected in in certain ways. Yeah, uh, they love fucking just pounding you in the face with that. But also, like there are points where they show a character uh, involved with one storyline. And then the same character is obviously involved with another storyline because they're connected. But they show them back to back, like in different right. places. Yes, yeah. And it's so jarring. They do that a lot with the my least my least favorite character in it. Actually, the boss is probably my least favorite character. But um, his wife is my second least favorite character. She's in Great every family. fucking scene. She is. She's, she is. Uh, you know who's like a not even a, like a real character in that movie, but like is in every scene. The black dude. The black dude who is uh, the the horny fucking doofus's yeah. best friend. Yeah. He is in that scene. He's with the fucking horny doofus in every scene that he's in. But he's also like the director of the shoot where the stand-ins are like groping each other. He's only Facebook profile picture friends with uh, with the horn dog. You know what I'm getting at? No. That guy is like a great looking dude. Seems to have his shit together. He's always telling the horn dog guy don't do this thing that you're about to do because the horn dog guy is always doing dumb things. 
I think that he's friends with him, so he so like in his Facebook profile picture, he's so much better than the other guy. That's like a yeah, that's a good, take. good move. It's a good yeah. take. Nice yeah. take. Veteran move on his part. Yeah, gotta love it. This this was by the way about. 13 years before Facebook. <laughs> no, just it was like one year before Facebook. Um, all right. So uh, at the funeral, uh, Liam Neeson plays the Bay City Rollers over a slideshow of his dead wife. Weird. Move. While people are kind of like grinning. And it <laughs> <laughs> also, his son is wearing like a winter coat at a funeral. Stepson. Like, that kid right, is yeah. so fucked up. We'll get into that. That kid is... Tortured. Uh, they should have. They should have a coat check at this funeral. Yes, I actually over the weekend I did a coat check. It was the most. It was like a group of people. We all decided we were going to do coat check. Most fucking luxurious thing you could ever it, do. It really is. It's and you. It's five dollars it, well spent. <laughs> you spent five dollars on a coat check. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, that has to be a group decision. You don't want to be the one asshole who coat checks at a during like a group gathering. Right. If like a, a person meets up and they're like, oh. Hey, who's that person you're with? They're like, oh, it's DJ. Oh, wh- 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 where's his coat? Like, oh, he coat checked. The rest of you guys didn't. We're an asshole. They'd be like, oh, okay, so that guy's the asshole. All right, uh, so but let me tell you, uh, I want to first touch on this. Um, <laughs> how about uh, the the boss's wife? I forget uh, Emma Thompson. Uh, right after Liam Neeson's wife died. Uh, she dropped the line, get a grip, people hate sissies, nobody's going to bang you if you keep crying. They say get a grip so many times in this movie, and a lot of it is associated with, like, man, come on, get a grip. You'll never get laid if you don't get a grip. <laughs> like, you're not going to get laid if you say get a grip, dude. Shut the fuck up with that stuff. You'll- this movie has, like, no semblance of time. Because <laughs> right. this was before his wife's funeral, right. and this woman is telling him to get a grip. Right. She's And she's making... she's poking fun at his sex life right after his <laughs> right. wife died. Like, You're never going to get laid, man. Right. Like, his wife like, dies, and she's the, like, at least let the body go cold get... first. Right. She's like, man, you haven't even been laid since that since she died, huh? Yikes. Cold streak. <laughs> get a grip, man. Um, so that whole storyline, I tried to take few notes on that because it's so weird that they riffed that much on the like dead wife humor. Right. Um, so then they go to the wedding, and one of the people asks Andrew Lincoln if he's in love with the groom. There are very few seconds of this wedding not spent talking about homosexuality. They're, yeah, pretty when much. When she's coming down, the it's like, oh, thank God I'm getting married, so I don't have to be at gay bachelor they- parties anymore. <laughs> And then they get married, and it's like, oh, so you're not married. Gay, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, that would have, they spent so much effort being like, hmm, he's definitely in love with this guy. Right. With his best friend. Right. Just to, like, throw you for that loop. And it's, this, that storyline would have been so much better if he actually was in love with his best friend. Yeah. Oh, man. When, I, when we get to that scene, <laughs> it's going to be, I just feel like there are going to be explosions. Um. Also, how did nobody notice that half the people who were apparently strangers at that wedding just carried fucking gigantic <laughs> yes. instruments with them? Yes. The, I, so Dudes had fucking trombones and shit. So here's the only way I can kind of give them a pass. He's a video guy. Maybe they're... Maybe they're just artsy people, and a lot of their friends play instruments, and they just fucking carry them with with 
with them. Maybe they on have them like everywhere they down go. Down low there, dude. When when you're sta- when you're standing in the church talking about how much you hate gay people, you're not looking <laughs> around to see what instruments are in play. I get that, you know. Um, also, there was a so the woman who works in the uh, in the office who's obsessed with Aladdin. Yeah, uh, she was wearing a winter hat at the wedding. <laughs> it was like a wool hat. That's... Cool wedding attire, man. Right. <laughs> It's a wonder that Aladdin doesn't want to fuck you yet. Yeah, she. You know what she needs to do? She needs to get a grip. Yes. Um, in the so sp- <laughs> speaking of her, in the office, the boss calls one of his employees in. That's her to tell her he knows that she's in love with another person there, and he tells her like he sits her down. He's like, "All right, I know you want to fuck Aladdin, but relax." Everyone knows you want to fuck Aladdin. It's all we talk about. And then he tells her that because, quote unquote, it's Christmas, she has to tell him that she wants to, quote, marry him and have lots of sex and babies. And he says this in like a 70% threatening tone. Right. It's, it's like, not like a suggestion. <laughs> right. It's like, listen, we know you're trying to fuck Aladdin. If you don't say weird shit about babies to him soon, you're out. Yeah, that was uh, very strange. Uh, it's a wonder that that sexual tension in that workplace is rampant. rampant. <laughs> they have fucking business meetings about fucking coworkers. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't take a lot of notes about the crazy girl that's trying to fuck the boss, but she's already fucked like thirteen people in that office, oh, for right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, like. What was this woman doing that it's obvious to everybody that she's in love with this fucking guy who apparently she never speaks to? Who she does? Dude, this movie is so big on being in love with people with whom you do not speak. Speak, right. That exactly. freaks me the That's fuck the out. That's the whole central point of this movie. It's, it's hey, like pick so a many of these storylines could be solved by just like talking to the right. other person. Finding out if you're compatible. Right. Like I would bet... Half these people, if they just like kissed or something, if they went out on a date, they'd be like, oh, you know what? Actually not. There's no. so, <laughs> right? so many like extravagant plans to make someone who fall in love with you when you just like could talk to them. I would work on hi. I would work on having them in your life right. first. Um uh, so at a radio station, uh the Bill Nighy guy. So I, I do like this character. I'm gonna say he's like the one I, I know he's he's a, he's a wild card. He's totally vestigial but i like he's lost he's basically lost all his marbles and he doesn't care that's why i like him so he's embracing it i identify with this guy um so he says that he's too old to love anybody but he volunteers the information that he's had sex with britney spears right (laughs) they're like so how's the song and he's like ah you know it's rubbish i don't want to talk about it uh I mean, if you need to know, I've had sex with Britney Spears, and, and I was, was better terrible. at yeah, and I was better at sex than Britney Spears. Uh, um, I do like the the fact that he said, "I thought of you" hey. when he said, uh, "Don't buy drugs, become a musician, and people will give you them." We don't buy drugs; people offer them to That's us. That's true. I say no. I've never. I don't. I don't do I've drugs. Bought, I've so. bought drugs before. I bought drugs when I was in middle school. I haven't bought drugs since middle wow. school. I think it's a pretty cool thing. Nice. Yeah. Um, Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Uh, uh, the prime minister <laughs> says. Congrats, man. The prime minister. Yeah. Speaking of congrats on the eventual uh the prime minister says, "Who do you have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit?" He then notices that the totally normal looking woman who isn't like 
they call her fat the entire time. Dude, there's a lot of fat shaming in this movie. She looks so like much a fat totally shaming. normal person. Dude, there are, there are points where like her coworkers are br- just bringing up the fact that she's fucking fat. Oh yeah, at one point he's like, "Hey, so how's Natalie doing?" And the girl's like, "What? Still fat? I, I've never heard her called Natalie before. We just call her fat. Fat bimbo." <laughs> um, you mean Porky McCorkerson? <laughs> So he says, like, who do you have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit? And she then, might as well have walked in with, like, a neon sign that said, me, with right. an arrow pointing at her. But it's so fucking weird that he says that, and then he sees that, because, she, like you said, she walks in with a fucking tray of biscuits and tea, yep. and then he has a look on his face I've never had, I've never seen anybody have, that is basically like, well, I just made a... Uh, little like colloquialism about like who you got to fuck to do this and then that person happened to be there so i technically have to fuck this person now like he has this realization like oh i gotta fuck her like right he like mousetrapped himself he's like fuck what did i do right he's like but he's basically doing it for everybody else like well you heard what i said said, who you have to screw i gotta i gotta fire this girl now Fuck. I, you all saw it, right? My you hands are tied. Right. I have to threaten a war with the United obligated. States. I just, I don't know. By the way, this guy's the worst prime minister. In the, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know how to do anything. How did this guy get elected? I know. Do, well, do they elect prime ministers? Hugh Grant's a good looking guy. Yeah. Do they elect prime ministers? Uh, I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm trying to make that my new By the way, this guy's fucking this. terrible at running England. Or the United... Do they run England Great or the, the entire United Kingdom? Uh... We'll edit this. <laughs> um, <laughs> do a quick Google search. So, like, the, the, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, he says that whole thing, and then when he's like, ooh, well. Now, I said it. Got a fucker. I, now I have an out. Right. Uh, super, super creepy. But probably, the like, the 14th creepiest thing in this movie. Oh, the 14th? That's, like, the 90 million right. creepiest thing. Uh, also, like, the fact that they uh, they just had to throw in a fucking dance scene for the prime minister. Yeah, so I think that, that Hugh Grant's a good-looking guy. I don't need to see Hugh Grant dancing. I don't need... I, like, don't throw in a dance scene just for the sake of throwing in a dance scene. Yeah, you need to make... If you're going to do a dance scene, you need to make it, like, risky business, 500 days of summer, like a they tried to, They tried thing. to make it as risky business as possible. Right. And it just wasn't that. And it was like, don't make the dance scene where it's just the payoff's going to be, oh, somebody saw me, so I'm going to play it off casually and be like, hmm, do you have those TPS reports? And also, a dance scene's not cool if you're like a fucking sad guy who's trying to bang your coworker. If you, you have to have uh, a reason if, to, to have a dance exactly. scene. Exactly. If you're uh, Tom Cruise, at that point, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. If you're, I mean, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer... Just bang Zoe Deschanel. Right. And it's... I guess the, the reason for his dancing was the fact that he just, like, called out the President of the United States on... Oh, we're going like, to get to this. Yeah. They, so, they have a party after this guy, yeah. like, royally fucked up international relations. Yes, exactly. They, had, they have a fucking after party. They're standing around having drinks. We'll get to it. Um, so uh, then they go back to the stand-ins, and again, they're doing, like... They're doing color balances and everything. Everything is th- that's they say very uh, normal. They say uh, massage her breasts bec- for the lighting. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but got a man might that's, might try to like use that as a cool move. Line. That's a cool move. <laughs> that's a really. I wonder how that would work if I use it as a pickup line. Hey, let me uh, be like, hey, it's really me, dim in here. Let Could me massage I? your boobies just yeah. for like uh, just to correct this lighting real Light- quick. <laughs> lighting sake, it's kind of dim. Um, 
Uh, yeah, there's someone over there is taking a picture of their friends. I think that maybe we should just... You need to brighten it up a little yeah. bit. Let me, uh, maybe we let me just massage those titties real quick. Give them a color balance. I'm just going to fill your ass for like one second. <laughs> um, uh, the horn dog... Uh, so this is just the note I have. I think I was getting bored at this point. I just wrote, horn dog declares he's going to Wisconsin to have sex. But that's all that happens. He just says like... I, I like that he uh, he said, I am God of sex, Colin. <laughs> That's also, he called himself God of Sex, and he's g- traveling like thousands of miles for the potential of having sex. When so that's a weird move when you're when your sex life is like kind of hit a rut. I feel like calling yourself a sex god is maybe not the play. D- yeah, probably not. If you have to like internationally pay thousands tra- of dollars internationally <laughs> travel to find somebody who might want to sleep with you, you might not be a sex god. Right. <laughs> um, uh, like so at that point, you kind of have to like self drag. You yeah. self-drag yourself to, like, to like so women clearly don't want to fuck you because you're ugly and undesirable. Yeah. So, like, make fun of yourself, and maybe they'll think you're funny and give you pity sex. But also, it's a confidence thing. You know, like, some sometimes, you know, they, they say, like, dress for, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. Uh, he's talking not... for the sex that he wants, Ex- not the sex that he has. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so now we're taking back to the office. And uh, so I wrote, 26 minutes in, I officially do not care about the boss guy. I'm out on the boss. I end up coming back in on the boss, though. I I hate him. He's I like, so boring. Yeah, there's nothing, like, like, there's really nothing good about him. Because, like, he, this woman, his secretary is literally throwing her vagina at him. Yes. In the most aggressive ways possible. That's a great term that I'm going to reuse. <laughs> throwing, throwing her, her vagina. vagina. <laughs> She's literally throwing her vagina, and he's... Every time, it's like... So you know what I, I liken it to? It's uh, it's Jim's like weird face in the office, where yeah. he kind of looks at the camera and is like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's cool like the first time, uh, but the boss literally just like goes, Oh... Uh, Okay, and walks away. <laughs> right, he does that every single time. Yes, uh, he's he's brutal. Um, so Liam Neeson. Now we get back to Liam Neeson. So we've been away from him for a while. Uh, we only know him as the weird guy who buries his wife with uh, the Bay City Rollers <laughs> with a fucking PowerPoint montage. <laughs> right, with a fucking uh, with a playlist. <laughs> um, uh, so we come back to him. And side, side note, I did. We did. Uh, we did play a song at my grandmother's funeral. Really, it's her favorite song. Yeah. Oh my god! I think I've said this before. It's I'm kind gonna of a weird move. I'm gonna do a huge Irish funeral when I die. Oh yeah, just like a drink, just like have a party. Also, I said last night. This was weird. I said last night um, we were discussing the idea of dying young, and I expressed my desire to die young. And I said, "I sounds love like you. a hop and party, man." Right. <laughs> it was a good. Party. This is the definition of you must be fun at parties. <laughs> I came in and was like, let's talk about dying. Um, somehow the conversation, we were talking about dying young, and I said, like, like I wouldn't, as, as long as it wasn't a huge burden on my family or whatever, I would die young. And I said, uh, like, I said, I could die at, like, 31, and my friend who I was talking to was 32, and he was like, eh, that's not a, <laughs> I wish, a man. two-year-old wants to hear, right. I uh, si- this is getting real off track, but I actually had like the one of those like existential crises this week where I'm all the time. <laughs> right, you come to the right place. Right, where I was just like, there was some. I was watching something, and then there was like a like a dying scene or something like that, and I was like had that moment where I was like, fuck, I'm gonna like have to die at some point, and it's like 
I, it's it's probably going to be terrible because I'm going to realize that I'm going to die. That sounds like so you weren't a huge Arrested Development guy, but um, Job says that's Will Arnett's character says, "Man, I'm going to butcher this," but he's like, "Man, I just think about if something were to happen to me, how sad I'd be." <laughs> <laughs> It's like the most selfish thing anybody could say. Uh, also, uh, just a quick little update. First of all, congratulations to everyone who's listening to this episode. This is I, I, oh, this is like, going I, swimmingly. We know that we're making history right now. Uh, our mouths are like pitch purple. They are like, <laughs> dude, I am slamming wine. Yeah, yeah, we look like we just had wine popsicles and continue to have them. Um, so it's uh, hilarious that you say that because you can't see yourself right now. You're I, literally so, you're only looking at me, which means that that's so that's a nice way of me saying that. So this, but is I why know that I, you're seeing the same thing. No, I, I you really, I'm you're good. Fu- you're fine. Ooh, I don't understand uh, how people drink wine in public. Just because I always look like this. Yeah. Do I drink wine like the wrong way or something? Like, no, there's no wrong way to Am I pouring it all over my face? Like, why do I look like this and you don't? Well, to answer your question, as soon as we started drinking wine, you started spilling all over yourself. So you do drink. I I, I do drink. I hate to hold the mirror up. You do drink wine the wrong way. But uh, no, I mean, you're you're fine. Um, So, so, but uh, to continue that conversation while you're trying to move on. (laughs) Um. Uh, I think it would be hilarious if we got like a Kathy Lee and Hoda show where we both drink wine, but my face is literally like fucking purple by the end of it. I wish this were a video podcast because I was you just, I, I, had to use, so I had to use both hands. To, there was wine coming out of every part of my face. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, by the way, we're going to make a... Uh, we're going to make a Kathy Lee and Hoda audition tape, and we're going to send it to them. This is going off the rail. Okay. All right. Uh, love, actually. Uh, Liam Neeson is the stepfather of a child who has West Borland eyes. <laughs> he does. Wait, what does that mean? I don't know who that is. Do you know is. who West Borland is? No. He's the guitarist from Limp Bizkit. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Those are some. I noticed. I noticed that while watching. Those he are has some no, scary. He, he has no like. Uh, what is it called? Pupils? No, he only has pupils. Right. So he has. What's the other part? The, uh, I don't think anybody knows. It's, it begins with a C. Cuticles. Cuticles. Yeah. So it's, he has none of those. Just all the black. It is. Those are some scary eyes. And he's like, oh, I'm in love, and she doesn't love me back. It's like, it's like, yeah. Cause have you, you tried not looking <laughs> like Satan? <laughs> that's that's a little that's a little dating tip. Um, <laughs> so the, the, my next note is they say get a grip a lot I'm assuming at some point this kid is like man six years old not getting any puss I don't know what to do man and Liam Neeson probably says you need to get a grip he, so like Liam Neeson's like let's devise I don't know if it's Le- is it Liam Neeson I don't know it's one of them where it's like let's devise this fucking grand plan to get this woman this, this, this woman, kid lady this woman, it's totally she's Liam like Neeson a, she's a four year old it's uh, yeah yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely Liam Neeson. He's like figure out like a, a grand plan to win her back, uh, and, and that's his way of bonding with his stepchild while also getting over his dead wife. Right. So, so like, <laughs> hey man, so your your wife died. Uh, how you working through it? Nah, it's cool. I'm trying to to get like this. Uh, this is like this three year old guy I know, and uh, we've been hanging out a lot. And uh, definitely not creepy. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Get him, get him up in there, and also, know, so far okay. Also, don't know why he's so sad, man. Like, I, I he's so sad. I don't know what to do. Uh, maybe it's because his mom died like three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they never hit on that. There was one second where the kid's like, I know I'm supposed to be upset about mom, but man, I'm in love. There's this girl. <laughs> and the, I'm trying Liam to Neeson's like, cool, let's talk about that. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's all I'm trying to talk he, about. He like brings Emma Thompson to his house and he's like, uh, he's up in his room. Like, uh, he's, he seems kind of bummed. I don't really get it. Kids are weird, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, it's total phase. Yeah. So I wrote, uh, Satan boy doesn't speak. Then he says he's in love and that, yeah, his mom died and everything, but he's mostly focused on this girl. This kid's weird. Um, so then we go to the shady prime minister. He asks his assistant to tell him about herself. And her way of answering that question is by saying she has fat thighs. Now, this was when I went for a walk. This was when I hit pause and I was like, okay. I've had enough of this. We're hitting close to home. I don't need to, I don't need to hear about someone talking about their fat thighs. Yeah, she like brought up her ex-boyfriend and how like he, what did he, I don't, I don't know what like the exact terminology she used. I think but, that she said that he was, that he was calling her fat. Yeah, that's what she did say. I swear, I'm not trying to be politically correct. That, you would not look at that girl and call her fat, right? No. She looks like a. No. person right yeah i don't even think it like so the the in term for like fat girls but like attractively fat yeah thick you're right like, you thick, wouldn't even call that bigger, girl you like, wouldn't you even would call that girl s- thick definitely not yeah definitely not she is like she's mwah like she's, yeah she looks like i a think nice... she might she might be like the uh, aside from her eyebrows her eyebrows freak me out like at a couple points in the movie okay. but she might be like the most attractive person in that movie uh i got I, I oh well like kira knightley fine oh yeah yeah kira knightley um I I kind of like the crazy girl that works in the office. Oh, no, definitely not. I wouldn't want anything to do with her, but I think that she's eh. she's pretty. Yeah. Um so uh let's see. Uh let's see. So oh, oh also, so um he I I wrote during that fat dies I wrote if I wanted to hear that conversation, I'd listen to our podcast. Um <laughs> So his way of flirting back is by saying he's going to fucking kill her ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah. That was, that was like a real nice, like, this is what I can do for you. Nice prime minister, man. <laughs> right. Just Way to not abuse your power immediately so wait, is, upon assuming office. Is, is sex in play right now? Because I can, I can kill him. I'll, I'll kill him. I'll fucking kill him. Um, on the television show, Bill Nye is melting the fuck down. Uh, he's drawing on shit, making dick jokes, which I've become recently, I've kind of become a meltdown guy. I like I like seeing people melt down. I like melting down myself every now and then. You just got to do it. Well, I mean, I do respect. I like making Father I, John Misty I, meltdown. I, right. <laughs> I do respect going all the way. Like if like, yes, don't right. Don't no half be, measures. Don't be passive aggressive. Right. Be aggressive. Fucking just like lose it, man. Just start drawing dicks. <laughs> right. Yeah. I uh, he didn't draw dicks, by the way. He 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 wrote a speech bubble and said, "We have little pricks" over like a boy band poster. Which th- there's no coming back from that. I don't know. I don't know how that like happened. By the way, like. They they tried they wrote that joke in so poorly. It was like, oh, if you order my album, you get this pen. It can write on glass. Here, let me show you. Like, yeah. who the, why the why the fuck would you get a a fucking marker that writes on glass with an album purchase? None of none of yeah, that storyline right. makes N- sense. None of anything involving Bill Nye needs to happen in that movie. Right. I, I love the fucking guy to death. Why but... would Elton John call you, invite you to, to a Christmas Eve party because you have a number one fucking yeah. single on the charts? Just uh, get that. Send it back. Yeah, send it back. Also, uh, th- so I want to pour this out. Um, th- so I, I had mentioned that they have no concept of time yeah. in this movie. Uh, the little boy learns, teaches himself how to play drums in two weeks. Oh, which is, we'll get to that. He is shitty at drums. That And that kid, 
What? He shot himself in two weeks. They're showing obviously this, like, shitty at drums. No, but they're showing like this super tight performance, like <laughs> and it's just and, not matching up with the visuals. Not, there's a point where they show like this really like great like super tight drum fill, and he's just like not. He's just like playing like a. <laughs> this was kind of a bummer for me. I realized during it, and he maybe he just got better. Maybe this was early in his career. Andrew Lincoln's acting in this movie is terrible. And when I notice back at bad acting, like if I'm listening to music, if I hear a fuck up, I think I'm I'm good at noticing like that person fucked up. But when I'm watching movies, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching. Dude, I'm not, like, I'm, that's not my area of okay, expertise. Dude, Andrew Lincoln is not good in, is not a good actor right now. I just realized, he, yeah, the Carl stuff. Yeah, right. He's not he's, a good actor. He's bad on The Walking Dead. Yeah, he's not a good actor. I, I th- over. So let's do a little Andrew Lincoln. He checked. Do you like Andrew Lincoln? I do. I do. It's and unbelievable. I, and I, don't I know hate why. everything he does. I don't know yeah. Why. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, I don't like Carl. I don't like Rick. Uh, I don't like. I certainly don't like him in this movie. Yeah. I haven't really seen him in anything else. And I still kind of like Andrew Lincoln. I don't know why. You know what's funny? A friend. I feel like he's a guy I could hang out with. A friend mentioned recently that everyone hates Andrew Lincoln in Love Actually. Everyone hates that storyline. Everyone hates that scene. And. But. I feel like to be a contrarian, wait. I'm going to be the guy who likes it. But I hate it. I don't. I don't know if that's true, because here's why: uh, a lot of people like Love Actually, and the like the the biggest, most famous scene from Love Actually is the fucking card. To scene. me, you are perfect. Yes. Yeah. So if if nobody likes that storyline, why does anybody like that movie? You know what I'm saying? Like there are there have to be people who fucking like that storyline, like that moment, like that scene. For whatever reason, but they do. I think the girls, I think the people like being, I mean, he just like dumps a bunch of nice shit on her. That's good to hear sometimes. Not in that setting. (laughs) Not when you just got fucking married. And like to, that's your best friend who just married that girl. Um, But also, uh, this kind of symbolizes the movie where it's like, don't talk to the person that you love. Do like a grand gesture. That's literally what he did there. Didn't speak to her. Just kind of did like this weird thing that probably shouldn't have worked, and it did. Well, do a, so I'm gonna do a little, you know, little grand gesture heat check. I'm I'm kind of over grand gestures. They're out. There's there's nothing good about grand gestures. <laughs> grand, yeah, it's just like it's it's all. Uh, I would say like 99 percent of grand gestures are just um, vanity. Yes. You're just doing them for to 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 show that you you're did a grand like, gesture. Oh, hey. They're, you're just doing them to put them on Instagram and shit and get you know a lot of I likes. Say? I am a fucking grand gesture. Every second of my life is a grand gesture. I don't it's need to like do a, that fucking weird a, shit. You're just you're I whole, need to go to your house with your fucking whole, signs. Your whole life is just like empty, empty vanity. It's just you're just, <laughs> yes. you're just there for fucking for for visuals. No, I'm saying like be you be just a be, grand be, gesture yourself. Don't be don't need to make a grand be gesture. be a fucking human. Yeah. Be a human being. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait till we get to this. Uh, we said I can't wait till we get to this for like a million We're going to have nothing left. We've is, dropped like 13 is, of our takes. <laughs> right. Um, Dude, I have a million takes. So Don't worry about it. Um, no, but there's that phone scene. So I was saying earlier that Andrew Lincoln acts horribly. Um, there's that phone scene where his friend. I'm going to stop you right there. There's a lot of bad phone scenes in this movie. There's a lot of bad scenes in this movie. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but there's a lot of like. A lot of people answering the phone and being like, hi, oh, yeah, 
like two seconds later. Yeah. I, that bothers me to no end. Yeah. When it's like, I know that somebody didn't on the other line didn't have time <laughs> to say something where you can respond being like, oh, yeah. Yeah. In three seconds. That phone call scene, his friend is like, hey, be nice to be nice to my wife or whatever. And yeah. the whole time she's talking, he's trying to convey that. Andrew Lincoln, not the character. Andrew Lincoln's job is to convey that his character is uncomfortable in this phone conversation. And he makes the... He oversells his fucking faces, his body, his, like, fucking twisting and, like... Like, he's he's doing way too much to be like, I'm uncomfortable. And it's like, we fucking got it. When your friend said, be nice to her, I know that it's not comfortable when you guys talk. We we fucking got it. Um, And also, I think he just, like, hangs up on her. And she's like, right, hey, did you got that video? And he's, he's like, like oh, yeah, go, 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 gotta go. Bye. Yeah. Talk to a fucking girl from you one time, Andrew <laughs> Lincoln. Um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton plays the arrogant U.S. president, and he calls Natalie a, quote, pretty little son of a bitch, which is Dude. totally a thing now. That's that's happening. Apparently. Uh, also, that, that scene or that interaction in particular is the weirdest written – that was literally written on paper, and they were like, yeah, that seems like the way to go. Where he's like, how's your day? And she just, like, giggles. Yeah. And he's like, excellent. Yeah. And then they walk away, and he's like, that's a pretty little son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, you could not have a lower opinion of women yeah. than writing that scene it's... and being like – being like – uh, this guy is obsessed with this girl no matter what she does. I want to do an oral history on uh, the decision to cast Billy Bob Thornton as the president of the United States in the 2003 film Love Actually. To his credit, he is an asshole, but he did not grab her by the pussy while they walked by each other in that Oh, man, I have notes on it's a good fucking thing. This, didn't, this whole movie did not happen when Trump was in office. Um, so the president makes a move on Natalie. Uh, so, as a reaction, the Prime Minister says in a press conference, this is where cameras and people who can relay shit to everybody else are, he says um, that Great Britain and the USA now have a quote-unquote bad relationship. Uh, he goes on to present Britain's credentials by only listing references of pop culture. Right. He's like, <laughs> USA's trying to fuck with us? We got the fucking Beatles, bitch. And it's like, okay. We got, we got like, David, David Beckham's feet. <laughs> he talks a lot about David Beckham's right. feet. He mentions each of them specifically. Like, the, the proper play there would have been, like, uh, by the way, uh, USA, Great Britain, Great Britain used to fucking own you. Right. Like, you were under our control forever. Yes. That, that so. He had better material he right. could have used. Uh, he then goes on to call USA a quote-unquote bully and says the USA better watch its back because there's a new sheriff in town. And then, in front of the cameras, he turns to the fucking president of the United States and doesn't say anything, but is like, I'm going to fucking kill no, you. he does say. He's like, I, uh, we are strong now. Yeah. We're a lot stronger than ever. And he looks at him like with a menacing look. It's... And then they proceed to throw a fucking party like that. Like so, U- that's my what? weird thing. Like, why is there a party after that? But, like, they throw a fucking party like the USA doesn't have fucking nuclear weapons. You need to start <laughs> like doing damage control. Right. Stat like and if, everyone's everybody in that movie should have been building fucking apocalypse bunkers right. after that scene. Yes. Um. So yeah, my big thing is thank God that did not happen when Trump was in office. If that happened, honestly, you, the United States would try to nuke. 
Great Britain. I also like the fact that uh, Billy Bob Thornton basically sexually assaulted uh, this quote unquote. You like that? Fatally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, quote unquote, no one has said that before. You are saying this. You're quoting yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fatally. Uh, he basically sexually assaulted Fatally, and then she spent the rest of the movie apologizing for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. She did. She's like, I'm so sorry. Nothing happened. Like, I'm so like, embarrassed. I'm, blah, blah. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm, I, I are you okay? Like, <laughs> where were you? He never you? once asked her if she was okay. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, they, they after that, they have the after party. Um, and. They're just like yucking it up. He's like taking phone calls and she, like his his sister. They call him like a hero, right? His sister is like, "Hey, you know, you shouldn't have done that. It's bad for relations." He's like, "Yeah, it's a party. It's too loud. I can't hear you. I gotta go." He's a real dickhead to his sister, by the way. Yeah, he he's, like big times her a bunch of times. Yeah, he's a, I. He's kind of an asshole. He's not for me. Uh, on TV, they refer to Bill Nye's character as "quote unquote" the bad granddad of rock and roll. That's wow, that's really? good for us. I think. I think that I like that at least. Uh, they should sue Bad Grandpa, the Bad Granddad. Yeah, no, but uh, in uh, in Britain they say Granddad instead of Grandpa, so it's cool. It's a different term. Yeah, but if I mean, if like Marvin Gaye can sue Bruno Mars, then that's true. Then that's why can't true. why can't Love actually sue fucking Bad Grandpa? You know what I'm saying? I hate Marvin Gaye's family more than <laughs> I hate anybody. You hate his estate. I hate his estate. His estate, dude. Marvin Gaye, estate rhymes, so you your, should say that. You love your fucking music. Way. Fuck your estate, dude. Uh, point I want to bring up: uh, the slutty secretary wears uh, devil horns to a Christmas party, which is a really weird move. You notice that? I don't think it's a weird move. Not when you're going for it. I think it's a pretty weird move. I so th- this is a grand gesture. This is a grand, is a grand gesture. gesture. <laughs> That's her version of doing It's like, a grand hey, gesture. if you didn't by the way, if you didn't realize that this this secretary who is throwing her is vagina thirsty. <laughs> throwing her vagina across the office, in case you didn't notice that when she literally manspread uh in front of the camera. The issue, though, is like they have to have that conversation. If he decides that he's going to fuck her, he's going to be like, dude, we have to talk about how you you fucked Aladdin. Like, she's fucked Aladdin right. already. Yeah, for she's, sure. Like, honestly, she's probably fucked the horn dog guy. No, definitely not, because he would he would be bragging about that for the That's entire true, movie. Yeah, and he was, like, sexually harassing her pretty hard. So sorry. Right. To, <laughs> sorry, Secretary. Um, another point that I wanted to bring up, Alan Rickman's character is literally the worst cheater on the face of the planet. It's because he never cheated before. You can tell. I I still think, like, he's the boss. He's smart. He obviously has some common sense. Uh, he's definitely smarter than than to do all than the to things. to shop for the Not person that. with whom he you might cheat danced. with your wife. He slow danced at the company party when his wife was there. Slow danced with the slut who was trying to bang him. Hide in plain sight, man. I, I guess, but move. she clearly noticed, the wife clearly noticed, and that is what set off a red flag for her. Yes. So that is what ru- came back to, that's literally what came back to bite him in the end. If she didn't have the horns on, and she, and like, maybe she thought something was up, he could dance right. with her. And it would have been if just. If she like pulled off like the innocent secretary look, right. and he slow danced with her, the wife would have been like, oh, that's really nice. Right. She was wearing fucking devil horns at a Christmas party and slow dancing with her, with her husband. Yeah. That's red flags galore. Yes, he Lots. also Christmas shopped for her while uh, while out with his wife. Yes, very dumb move. So that that's the big thing for me. Like that that's just they're trying to convey that this guy's never cheated before. 
or dealt with people before. <laughs> right. He doesn't uh, know how to do anything. And also, major loophole in the storyline, uh, he leaves the jewelry store at the mall without the necklace. Yes. And then ends up with the necklace. He does? Yes, because that's how he gets caught cheating. Remember? Because the, the his wife finds the necklace in the, the coat pocket. Oh. I... So again, him and the you just tuned it out. Him and the the cucked author, I really picked my spots. <laughs> I just <laughs> I I couldn't care enough. He ended up with a necklace, uh, and they did not show how that happened. Like I'm assuming that maybe he went back and got it. Yeah, but like you can't just leave that open. What's that experience it's like going mage- back after that whole ordeal with uh, Rowan Atkinson? <laughs> right. Which, by the way, uh, we haven't done this yet. The most shouts to to Kathy. Oh this my god! Yeah, fucking the artwork, artwork, unbelievable. I sent it to. I honestly treated it like a Christmas card. I sent it out to like friends when I got it. I uh, I said on Twitter that I'm going to to blow it up into a poster and hang it on the wall. I'm dead serious. That is going on the wall. Uh, I'm side note. I'm going to do some massive redecoration of the studio. <gasps> really? Yeah. Can we poster, make a lot po- poster, posters all over the walls. I've actually, I've, I have like a lot of. Um, like concert posters that that mean more to me than other shows I've been to that I've uh, I've had them framed for a while and I just never put them up in my room. I really put them up and I'm like, you know what? I should put up a couple brunch things. I should put up like like the the, the Lena Waithe episode to me. It's she's my favorite guest we've ever had. She's uh, unbelievably real, which is what how I would describe Lena Waithe. I love real her so much. as fuck. Uh, if if you guys, I hope that all you guys follow her on Instagram. She is an unbelievable follow on Instagram. A like she's fucking beautiful with like like it's like it's like ninety nine percent selfies, but they're like fucking cool selfies. Uh, on the list of people that I would love to be friends with, Lena Waithe is very close to the top. Yes, you know what? When I talk about the podcast, which sometimes I do, uh, you're a guy who talks about his podcast. I I know, but I've I've accepted that. It's. I was never. I've, we've talked about this. I wasn't a podcast guy, and now I'm the guy who talks about my podcast. I like. She's like the first person I brag about having on. I'm like, have you seen Master of None? You know the cool person who you think is really cool. She's been on. We talked about Kendrick. It was awesome. Um, so uh, Kieran Knightley is trying to get the video from her wedding because she's probably paid for this or something, or because a friend did it. I don't know. Well, I guess. So here's how I look at it. Uh, if they're <laughs> As he chugs wine, uh, if they if they didn't ask him to videotape the entire wedding, which apparently they didn't, because I don't know they they had another videographer who like was terrible at his job apparently. Yes, uh, was a musician. What he wasn't a musician. Right. They only know musicians. Right. Uh, so it's a weird move to just like spend the entire fucking wedding videotaping everything when that's not your job. Yeah. When they literally are paying somebody else to do that. Like, the, your job is to be the best man, not to be the videographer. Yeah, that is so fucking creepy. I didn't even realize. And not creepy, but just weird. I, I used creepy as the adjective because... Like, if you're a random person, at a, if you're a random person at, at a wedding, fine. Videotape everything. Right. Cool. Like, yeah. you, like, that, it's, like, if that's your thing, go for it. But, like, if you're the best man, <laughs> this should be something that, like, you're, you're there for it. You've got a job, man. Right. <laughs> Um, so he keeps saying like, oh, I'm not sure where it is. And then she shows up to his apartment and just fucking takes it. And 
watches it in his apartment in front of Power Move. Him. Power, Power Move. Oh, Kira, love you. Um, wearing a really weird hat in that scene, by the way. What's that? She's wearing a really weird hat in that scene. Yeah. She's, I, Kira Knightley's, she is lovely. If she had a better body, I would be like a l- so much more into her. Uh, I'm just like so charmed by everything about her. She's got like the kind of not okay teeth. Love yeah. that. I just her beautiful. and uh, her and Natalie Portman are like the exact same person. I don't know if you've ever uh, watched no, Star Natalie Wars. Natalie Portman is Natalie Portman is like a perfect specimen. I don't know if you've ever watched Star Wars though. I watched uh, the one. Oh, she was like six in that, wasn't she? What Natalie Portman? Like in somewhere around there, but like they were both in Star Wars. And, oh really? Yeah, and it's the most confusing thing ever. That you is, don't yeah. know who is who because you no. Know, so Natalie Portman and uh, Kira Knightley are in the Zoe Deschanel face porn club. Yeah, right. Yeah, like where just like their faces are so. I don't know if good. I would put Zoe Deschanel in that category, honestly. Zoe Deschanel has maybe my favorite face in the world. Interesting. Um, I think that Natalie Portman and uh, and Kira Knightley are in face porn category. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I was I was just about to. I didn't even want to go down this rabbit hole, but I thought it would be like a funny way to mock guy talk. I was gonna be like, "You a face guy?" <laughs> um. So, uh, so she watches this video at uh, his apartment, and she compliments herself a lot during that scene. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, she's realizing that she's watching another man's jerk-off video of herself, (laughs) so I don't know how you would react. Well, before that point, before she even got to that realization, she complimented herself a lot. She was like, like, oh, this is beautiful, and it's literally just shots of her. She's like, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. That's not weird. I guess not on your wedding day. It's weird, but if, like... If somebody so like if somebody compliments you and you agree, it's I, I feel like that's not weird. If someone's like, "Hey, like that's a great," sweater, but he didn't compliment and you were her. Like, yeah, but he didn't compliment her. Yeah, it's true. So she yeah she was so calling. she was like, she was like, "Oh, this is really beautiful." And then there was like literally a line where she was like, "I look really good." Yeah, which is like I mean, it's your wedding day, like you you're supposed to feel that way about yourself. Right. But like maybe keep maybe stick it to like one comment where you're like, "I look great." Right. Uh, so they're watching this video, which is just outstandingly creepy, and because it's oh just it's all like close shots of her face, like like cropping super out. zooms. Yeah. Not even like not even like just her face. It's like just portions of her face. That's so how zoomed so, in. He so is. Much, did, did you observe while watching that? Like, wow, her skin is great. I was I was I noticed that. I was I like, she doesn't that, have a but... fucking blemish because it's so zoomed in on her face <laughs> that. Like, if, if you're to zoom that far into my face, I'm sure you're going sure to see some shit that you don't want to see. I don't think that I noticed that, but I think it's because, like, I already knew that Kira Knightley had, like, a perfect face. She has an awesome face. Um, so, but the issue for me, other than every other issue we just listed, is that as they're showing this, the score of the film is playing, like, romantic, like, uplifting music. And I'm like, this should be the, like, the, <laughs> this should be like should a Jaws theme. <laughs> right? Like, she's in the room with the guy who took a jerk-off video of her. <laughs> right? That's so fucking weird. So, you know what, you want to know what my thought was as this scene played? I was like, Andrew Lincoln should kill her right now. Right. Like, she should not leave and be able to tell Someone this to anybody. To Someone there Because right. if he kills himself, she's not going to tell people, like, oh, right. I, yeah. I watched his jerk-off video of me in front of him, so, so he, he was so embarrassed right. that he died. Yeah. Um, or he has to kill her and be like, this can never get out. Right, exactly. So, so one, 
in real life, that, that's when the movie's fake. In real life, one of those two people would have died. Um, so he freaks out and leaves, and it's like a... At that point, like you're actually kind of feeling for him because like you, you well, I, I can't he, put myself he was in a his tortured shoes. soul. Right, exactly. I can't put myself in his shoes, but I know that he's going through something fucking yeah. big. But then they start playing. Uh, what do they start? They, they start playing "Here with Me" by Dido, which is like the best song ever. And I'm like, fuck! Now you got me twisted. I don't know how to feel right now. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him when he, like, left the apartment, almost went back in, like, four or five times, yeah. and then, like, just, like, wandered around the city of London. Oh, that's a sad part, too. He keeps, like, turning, like, should yeah. I go back in? That's... Because you, te- you, you like... But that's that's another thing, like, another sign of this movie where it's, like, don't talk to the person that you care a lot about. Like, he was, like, should I actually tell her how I feel? Should I, like, vocalize my, my inner... No, he's got markers. He can figure something out right <laughs> like you know what i've got, got markers and cardboard poster board. yeah i can do that um so now we're back with the prime minister who is being called a quote-unquote hero because yes. of the shit that he did uh he asks about natalie and she's again referred to as the chubby girl and again we've said this a lot of times she's not chubby she's not at all but he changes the subject, which is good. But like, because they're calling her chubby, and he's like, "Let's not talk about this. Let's talk about how I, c- can I fire her? Let's <laughs> talk about that instead." Unbelievable, unbelievable! Like a, a very central point of this movie is that he fires this woman because he wants to fuck her. Yes, not a great move. He, so you. he technically doesn't fire her; he reassigns her, and it's never brought up on her part. Like right. she never questioned that. Yeah, when he, he sees her later in the movie and she's she like, never what the it up. fuck, dude? <laughs> you just ruined my career. <laughs> That's my fucking livelihood, man. Never brings it up. She's too busy uh, apologizing for the fact that she was sexually assaulted. Right. So, uh, now this is a biggie. So, I don't know who said it at this point, but I wrote this down because it was the third or fourth time they said this. This movie says a lot that Christmas is... They say shit like... Christmas is the time to tell the truth. Uh, so it says uh, literally uh, uh, an exact quote. I wrote it down. At Christmas, you tell the truth. Since fucking when? No. <laughs> I'm not you know, doing that. You know how many Christmas parties would be ruined if everybody yeah, had to oh tell the truth? Oh, my God. I could ruin lives. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is the time to like to, to not tell the truth and pretend that you like people. Right. Oh, God. This isn't fucking Festivus where it's the airing of grievances. Think of the fucking arguments you could get into (laughs) if you were just like, you know what? Here's what the fuck I think of you and the shit you've been pulling for a little bit. Here's all the bones I have to pick with you over the last 12 months. They circle back to this a lot in the movie being like, it's Christmas. This is when you should do this because that's when people tell the truth. Yeah. No, not at all. So Satan Boy and Liam Neeson look like they have not slept in <laughs> weeks. Um, Probably because... Seemingly he, due to brainstorming. Right. And uh, and Liam Neeson telling that telling his stepson, who is like maybe seven years old, probably, <laughs> that he like wants to... He wants to fuck somebody in every room of the house, including yes, the kid's bedroom. That was... I rewound oh, that like s- ten times. Such like, a weird what line. What the fuck did you just such say to Such a weird line man. to a seven-year-old. Yes, what, how does that ki- it's a good thing that that kid probably forgets everything like like how to talk to girls who right. are his own age normally that is oh my god um so uh it's okay they move on they or they get past it by Liam Neeson 
reenacting the Titanic scene with a child. Yeah, that was really weird. Not good. Uh, Not good, Liam. So, like, I guess they they decided that the 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 solution to all their problems to figure out how to how to make how to force a a seven year old child to fall in love with this person was to watch the Titanic. Yes, I don't know how that fucking helps anything. Just be like, hey, well, again, this is a movie that. Uh, begins a conversation about love by telling you about 9-11. So I so, guess, like, watching a movie where, like, 80% everybody of dies. everybody in the movie dies. Yeah. That's... Good start. That's how you... That's, that's like, a good first date. Um, my next note is, I'm skipping the cucked guy. Is that cool? I think that we're all on board with that. Um, let me tell you something. Uh, speaking of fat shaming, she calls him fat. The, the Portuguese-speaking maid calls the guy fat. He's not fat. No, he's just... He's a a normal guy. Yeah. He's a normal guy who just got cheated on. Like, if you have any excuse to be fat, it's that your wife just cheated on you with your brother. Yeah. Um, Also, I have a couple made made notes. Uh, She definitely hates that guy. She uh, hates at, him, right? At like the beginning, at the beginning of their story, like she makes fun of him for being fat. Like, well, I think she, at the beginning she just like wouldn't smash. That's all. Yeah, but there's like no transition into her loving him. No, yeah, yeah. There's there no is, moment where we see like, oh, she sees him in a different there, light. Anything right? Like there's that. no just, moment like, where he it's decides like, he's gonna fuck her, and that's it. And then she ag- just like agrees. Yes, she's like, yes, I would love to fuck you. Uh, there's no, there's no moment where he wins her over. Yeah, he can't even speak to her. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, this movie. <laughs> um, uh, Liam Neeson literally does at this point say, "quote unquote" get laid. He uses the term "get laid" when talking to the six-year-old child. Um, he says, "Like even Meatloaf got laid once." A, I hate that you're fucking talking to a child that way. And B, who the fuck are you with your fucking dead ass wife? Talking shit about Meatloaf's sex life? Meatloaf probably cleaned the fuck up. Meatloaf did way better than you, you fucking weirdo hanging out with a kid. Yeah, I would assume so. Like, does me- I the only, the only way I would excuse that is, like, Meatloaf had sex at least once. If he had, like, one kid, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, like, uh, the, uh, like... <laughs> Pardon my take. Whenever someone, whenever someone puts senior at the end of their, oh right, uh, they're like they had sex at least. They once. say that that's how the, the players declare that they've had sex before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so this movie actually has a really good soundtrack. They, I, I took I, that I, note. I kind, I kind of agree with that, but also the way that they use the soundtrack is very strange. What do you mean? Like they fucking. Pump the shit out of the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they do. like they blast it, and whoever was in charge of like controlling the levels was very bad at their job. Very liberal. Very yeah. probably an alcoholic. Like they were just like, oh yeah, end this right now. Yeah, and it just it's very like abrupt. Like there's a song blasting in your ears, and then all of a sudden it just goes away. But like they had they had Nora Jones's cover of Turn Me On. They had uh, Eva Cassidy doing Songbird. That was really cool. Uh, but my favorite part of the soundtrack, I don't even think it ended up being on the soundtrack, when Purveball gets to America, do you know what song is playing? I do not know. Smooth. Oh, yes, I did <laughs> notice that. I almost took a note of that, but I did notice that. That is amazing. My friends... And that's getting way out ahead of the curve, because Smooth is like a meme now. Yeah, right, exactly. So my friend is a music critic, and he hates that everyone discusses um, how... If someone has like a good feature on a rap song, 
that they'll say like, oh, that guy killed the other, like the, the original artist. So like, for example, No More Parties in LA, people will say like, oh shit, like Kendrick murdered Kanye. And he was like, why do people only do that with rap? Like no one ever listened to Smooth and was, was like, like Santana, Santana killed Santana, Rob Thomas. You got killed. <laughs> Rob Thomas fucked you up. I would say it the other way around. You think it's Santana murdered Rob, Rob Thomas. Thomas? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, like what has Rob Thomas done since... Santana murdered him. That's Did you see uh, Rob Thomas put out a tweet that was saying like his merch store had a deal on shirts and one of the shirts said Rob Thomas and it was just a silhouette of allegedly Rob Thomas like leaping in kind of like a Freddie Mercury I, yeah, type no, no, pose. No, 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 no. It was an Air Jordan type pose. Yeah, right. Same sort of deal. I actually I tweeted Air Jordan and that next to each other with... You, you versus, versus the, the right because yeah. I'm into that now. Um, that is so weird, Rob Thomas. Nobody looks at you that way. Yeah, I well, I think that Rob Thomas is at least a little self aware because he was in that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, so the work lady answers her phone during sex. The note that I wrote down, and I, I told you I didn't want to say this because I feel bad because we come to find out that her brother is sick. I was going to say, just finish sex, and the phone usually is probably still ringing. The best part about this storyline was that, like, apparently Aladdin was like, I'm fucking out. After yeah, she, like, man. answered the phone with her mentally ill brother on the yeah. other line. Like, but it's thing, none of us know that her brother's sick. Like, I just made that joke. I wrote that joke down, not knowing that we're talking about a fucking mentally sick person. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, she kind of made That's it That's on little- the movie for... She kind of made it a little clear, like in their discussion afterwards, where she was like, "He's he's not okay." But I'm saying it's after, so all we know is that this this lady, right? Right. All we know is that this lady is a woman who answers her phone during sex. So where we feel it's fucking fair game to make fun of her, right? And and she was kind of a dick in the sense that, like, she answered the phone while they were having sex and or like or about to have sex, and she was like, "No, I'm not doing anything." That's, that's like mean, that's yeah. a real dick move. Mm, so yeah. I can kind of understand why Aladdin was out, but like the, the the way that they like, so they showed us, yeah, but they didn't show like he he uh, presumably doesn't know, but like he's made out to seem like a dick because he's like deal breaker. She answers her phone and like <laughs> tends to her mentally ill brother. So I'm like I'm out. Well, uh, what do we think of the Rowan Atkinson scene? Uh the jewelry one. Yeah. Um, funny. It was funny. I feel like that was a time I need to check. Was that a time where people were excited to see Rowan Atkinson do that shit? Probably. It was like early 2000s, I think. Yeah. When was Mr. Bean? Like 97, 98? Late like 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. So I was like, wasn't far away from like the Mr. Bean era. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I. Because it's, it's a weird move because like literally anybody could have done that scene. How do you feel when you're watching that? Because I actually did feel anxious for the idiot boss when i'm like wait fuck i'm not rooting for this guy this guy's trying to cheat on his wife right well yeah i agree just because like it was so played out yeah and the idiot boss is literally like make this as fast as possible and it just was not happening at all yeah so i don't know i I don't know it was that was such an unnecessary casting like that's such a that's such a move that like they wanted to be like oh we also have rowan atkinson on the billing yeah. When literally anybody could have played that scene and it would have been just as funny, just as satisfactory for anybody watching. Nobody, 
Because like Mr. Bean's whole comedy thing is like facial comedy. Yes. He didn't do anything facially there. No, no, he actually did. He did like a lot of like determined looks when he was like doing like a shing type thing mm. with the flowers and Not shit. enough. Not enough. Yeah. Um, so the handsome friend of the horn dog says, quote unquote, you'll come back a broken man. And the horn dog says, yeah, back broken from too much sex. As a, Has anybody broken their back from sex? So that's my thing. As a person in their late 20s who's kind of getting older and, like, you start to develop back pain and shit. Like, young people, that's a real thing. You're, like, your back's going to start to hurt. I think it's really funny if you were to hear your friend complain about back pain and be like, oh, Tiger Woods, man. <laughs> Just watch out for this guy. I, I, I don't think that's why it happens. I know uh, in a Fat Joe song back in the day, he was like, uh, like break your back. Well, that used to be the thing. That used to be the term. You'd say, like... Break your back from fucking yeah. you so hard. Right. Like that. Well, be... like, I guess in the sense, like, Fat Joe, he's fucking fat. So, like, if he's on top of you and, like, going to town on your ass while you're face down, he mm. uh, maybe could break your back? I don't know. He could break, your, like, your entire body. Right. So, if... But for, like, a guy to say that, that he broke his back from having sex with a woman who's presumably smaller than him. Yes. Like, what the fuck were you doing? It would be funny if Fat Joe had a fetish where he only liked women who were bigger than him. That would be gross. <laughs> um, uh, so in let's check into Wisconsin. Um, I forgot while watching it. My note: these are the only all caps notes I have. There are two all caps notes, and they're back to back. One is "Oh fuck!" One of the American girls is January Jones. Yes. So literally, literally, oh literally, God. every single one of those girls is like a bona fide star, um, which is why I. Th- that's like I missed that joke the first time around. Yeah. So that was like a that was obviously a joke that the that the movie wanted to make, being like literally all of these girls. Every are American stars. girl is a fucking yes. babe. Um, January Jones is. Unbelievably I'm so, hot. I'm so glad Mad Men happened because that is, she was fucking born to play a fucking 1960s babe. She's a fucking babe. We've talked about characters. We don't talk about women very often, yeah. but like, holy January shit, Jones. She, is nobody perfect. ever talks about her either. Yeah. I would, I would seriously say she is like a fifteen thousand out of ten. She's a ten. Yes. Yeah, for sure. She's perfect. Um, um I and, also would like to point out the fact that. That like uh, I think it was, so I think it was Alicia Cuthbert who said that's my this. next note. Oh fuck, one of them is Alicia Cuthbert. Yes, and I don't know who the third one is. She's Canadian, by the she, way. So yeah. Oh right, so Planet American. They, they fucked up. Pretty dishonest movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the third one is like a famous star too. She's been in a bunch of stuff, but I don't know who her, her, what her name is. I can't even remember. I just I saw January Jones and yeah. passed out. Uh, but like uh, one of the lines that they delivered during that scene was uh, on this cold night, we'll be sweaty. In bed, like, how the fuck does that make sense? On this cold night, we're gonna be sweaty. Uh, I think that she wasn't talking about sex, right? I, I know, not yet. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was. I think that he was so transfixed they could have said anything. Like, on this cold night, we're gonna kill your mom, and right. he would have been, been like, like, "Oh yes, yeah, yes, good, yeah." Um, so, I ha- so I hated that storyline uh, coming into the movie. Just because it was like, hey, come to America, you'll have a, an orgy at the first fucking bar you go to, no matter where it is, like Wisconsin. All right, so we're at the sign scene now. I guess so. I guess you ready? Hey, do we have any takes left? Um, all right. The, the first sign says, in all caps, 
Say it's carol singers. That is the most gun-to-head sign I've ever seen in my life. If I showed up at your door, like, your friend with a sign that said, like, shh, say it's carol singers. Like, that you would, is like, your, your gu- heart would I'm stop, getting, like, I'm getting murdered. There are guns pointed at me, aren't right. there? Yeah. Especially, like, a guy who, who you're, like, you're only, you're only, like, interaction with him with is him finding is, out he made a jerk off Right, of exactly, exactly. Thanks for putting the words in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that she has, only relationship we ha- she has with him right now. We've said uh, jerk off video way more times in this episode than in but other it's, episodes. Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, that's the only interaction that she's had with him to this point. Uh, yeah, and for him to, like, presume that that would be, like, an okay sign to start off with, that situation maybe works one out of a hundred times and somehow it worked out perfectly this time. I guess like just fucking define perfectly because she runs out, she kisses him and then he says also maybe a flawed uh, strategy because I feel like saying it's carol singers provides a decent opportunity for him to like walk for down him to the run stairs. down and see what's up. Right. Yeah. And he plays music, but it, there's like a symphony and shit. There's like no. if he hears that he's gonna run down. Right. So is like, he doing that for her? Or is he doing that as like a like a cover up? I think it's a, as like a cover up. But like also, that definitely opens the door for him to like for the best friend to run down the stairs and like be like I want to see these carol singers. They're also that that's the type of family though, as we've learned that carol singers have like a full symphony because true. It's yeah. like I don't I don't want to I don't want to walk down these stairs if they're if, if they didn't bring a full orchestra. Exactly. If you hear all you need is love, you have the fucking full band. Um so she runs and she gives him a kiss and then he says enough. Enough. Enough now. Do, was that he, makes was it he, a million fucking times weirder. So was he so here's my question. Was he talking to himself like that's enough? Like he was saying I've, I can drop I've, it, I think. Uh, really? I that's what I think. Or was he saying like the kiss was enough for him? That's either I, way. That's the same. They're both as weird. So his goal was just to get to a kiss. kiss his best friend's wife. Like what? What's his? What's he gonna do now? Is he what gonna is talk he in, to his friend? What is he in fourth grade? Like he just needs like one peck on the lips. That's so fucking weird. Like that. So before I didn't feel like he was an asshole. I felt like he was in love. And I, I disagreed with how he was in love because I was like, dude, you don't even know this girl. Just like, not I hate to borrow a term, but get a grip. And they never show her again. He kills her I don't, after. He definitely kills <laughs> right? her. He goes back they, and kills they, her. I don't think they... Liter- That's what enough means. I think I kind of just like use that as a hyperbole, but I literally don't think that they ever show her again. They don't. So like... She they tie never, that up there. She never lives with like the guilt of like oh, kissing no. her boyfriends. I actually think they do show them all together. Oh no, they show they up because he them brings a date. The he brings a date at the airport. Right. Yeah. Because so that's they, what I do at the airport. I make sure. Right. Like, I get, hey, can you pick me up? Fuck, I'm actually <laughs> single right now. I don't. This is embarrassing. I don't have anyone to bring. So, sorry. Uh, it's very fucking weird. Like, I, like she doesn't feel guilty about kissing her fucking new husband, newlywed husband's best friend. That's like a week a after marrying him, a marriage. It's like, like I would have been okay with that if she gave him like a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, That's she was like, uh, like, hey, was, I, I understand she, that you like She was me, like, this, this is cute, this is cute, and I appreciate the effort, but, like, I'm fucking married to your best friend. But also, Don't give him a kiss on the lips. 
The idea of saying those things to someone who you don't know weirds me the fuck. Like, if... He has no if idea If someone who she showed is. up at your door with fuck... Like, I would call the police. If someone who I did not know well was like, you are perfect, I think that you are the best, I would freak the fuck... I would call the cops. That is so fucking weird. Especially when she's been like, you don't talk to me. You yeah, don't like, talk to you me. A dick? Yeah. Like, just like get, she's like, get to know me. I think you would like me. And he's yeah. like, no. Yeah. And then, then he shows up at her doorstep. I just make like, videos of you. Yeah. Um. So, the next thing is the all I also Christmas wait, is you. Let's go get, ahead. Let's get back. Uh, he drops the cards, and after he drops the last card, he gives her a double thumbs up. Yeah. Like a really fucking dorky Loser's move there, attitude. Bro. Loser's attitude. Like he's just like, mm, yep, mm, yep, double thumbs up. Cool, man. Yeah. See you later. He should have like gave her the, like, like, the only thing nerdier would have been like, give her the finger guns. Be like, right. Like, I don't think that he, I, I, I say pretty confidently, neither of us have, have written the, the cuck playbook, but I feel like that's not the way to go no, about definitely it. definitely not. Not the way to go about it. Um, so they then go to the all I want for Christmas is you scene. The performance and this kid is actually terrible at drums he's like not even holding the drumsticks tightly nothing that you're hearing is what you're seeing it is terrible like they they couldn't have given that kid another fucking two weeks of training to make it look even kind of believable it is really 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 bad I didn't even notice, but I'm not like a music person. So. He also never blinks the whole time. He's just like, eh. well, that's because he has Satan eyes. Good. <laughs> they just wanted to really sell you on the Satan eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. When you have Satan eyes, why would you close them? Um, so they they pull the curtain, and the Prime Minister and Natalie are making out. Uh, they then stop and bow, and the crowd gives them a standing ovation. That is a million times funnier than congrats on the sex. Um, I don't know what you mean by that, but I think that's that's veteran move. Like they pro- played it off like they were part of the show, so I kind of. Like oh no! I, so I don't even care about how they're acting. I'm saying that's super funny of the crowd to be like, "Yeah, yeah, man." <laughs> I do cool yeah, yeah, kiss, yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, like way to get it, bro. Way to wait your beak. <laughs> go. They should have like chanted like, "Go Booner!" Right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So then, Satan Boy uh, says that the girl is leaving, and Liam Neeson. It's like this is this is might be the weirdest part of the movie. Liam Neeson is like, tell her you love her. I didn't say it to your mom, and then she died. So he's yeah, basically telling what? a kid like that girl that it's you going like is gonna die. What the fuck are you gonna do about it, man? I also like that they like they were like, yeah, go do it, and then they like walked outside, and she was getting into a cab, and they were like, oh no, and they made no attempt right. to stop her. Who cares? Like you literally could have just shouted her name, and then she would have just been like, what? <laughs> And he could have told her that she loved her. Yeah. And then, but they said nothing and then decided to, like, get in a fucking car chase and go to the airport. Uh, And by by the way, the worst airport of all time, because you let a fucking five-year-old sneak past, like, eight levels of security. So they started this movie by telling you. 9-11, 9-11 happened. happened. Uh, the kid runs through TSA, all the security, the whole shebang. They basically explained how 9-11 happened. And he does it successfully. So, like, as a reminded, as the movie starts, post-9-11, everybody, like, people died because right. of shit that happened at the airport. And this- they're telling you all you need to do to do whatever you want at the airport is have a six-year-old brain and, like, a little determination. Yeah, and to have Mr. Bean distract somebody. Yes, well, th- yeah, that guy actually came in pretty huge for him. Um, 
here's a fun fact. The girl that gets with Liam Neeson at the airport is not the Iceland girl from D2. Okay. she. I mean, I could have been Did you confused. think she was? I, I did not. She was. I, I, did, I did not. But uh, I did notice that she had fucking crazy eyes. Absolute crazy eyes. I, I, I was a fan. Um, the uh, very end, uh, where we, we get the cucked writer, idiot, and he's going to ask this girl. Again, speaking by the way, of people by the who way, don't know. By the way, no semblance of time. He learned Portuguese in two weeks. Yeah, nice. Very cool. poorly, but like... If you can learn, this kid couldn't learn a basic enough. drum pattern in like six months. But he, but you know, this guy learned Portuguese in like a day. Uh, he does not know this woman, does not speak her language, and he's like, "What's my move? Got to ask her to marry me." Right on. Uh, and all right, so this is the part that aggravated me the most. I, I'm fine with him deciding that he needed to like ask her to marry him, but like he ditched his loving family on Christmas Eve because he decided that he could not wait another day. Than to go to this woman who he barely knows, has not have a, had a real conversation with, like flew, flew internationally. I think I don't know, not cross country, uh, flew cross country to meet her and propose her hand in marriage, while his fucking loving family was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" This is another uh, Christmas is the time to fucking be honest moment. Christmas Eve, people feel that they have to get engaged on Christmas Eve. That's an awful move. I'm not besmirching awful anyone move. who gets awful move. Like if I, I am, it's a terrible move. Don't do that. If I ever make the terrible decision to get married, I'm going to do it at like two thirty one on Christmas Day, and because people think that it's coming on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, I, I, I just like I don't understand why the Christmas Eve thing is like a, a popular thing. I get. I mean, I get like Christmas Eve is like a fucking cozy ass night, man. It is for sure, but like. I don't know. I'm a fan of the idea of like creating another, another uh, separate. Guy. No, no, not even that. Like I, I, like if you're gonna celebrate something, don't double up on a celebration. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't ruin another celebration for like an engagement. Like yeah, create create a holiday for yourself. Yeah. Another time of the year. Dude, like make March second a fucking right. big ass day. Right. Like create something where like. That is special to you. Like, like Christmas Eve is special to everybody. Yeah. I always get that feeling after weddings when everyone comes together and has a good time. I'm like, fuck. Like, we need more days that we can make. Right. We exactly. We talk about this on birthday exactly. etiquette where, like, exactly. you use, need more holidays. Yes. Don't. Yeah. Don't double up. Right. Um, I stopped I, taking notes this point, by the way. Okay. I don't know how the movie ends. Ooh. I, I, I do. I've seen it. But I just, like, at this point, I was like, all right, I'm spent. All right, I have a, I have a few more notes. Um, so uh, there was a line when Colin Firth, uh, who is the cucked, cucked writer, uh, he shows up to propose to that that woman, and uh, there's a line that's dropped by her boss at that point at the restaurant, and she sa- he says uh, she can't get married. She's the best waitress we have. Not how that works. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't work at a place where your boss is like. Uh, you can have personal happiness because you're the best worker we have. You also that's also kind of on that girl. Like I, I, I don't think I've ever worked at a place where people are like, "Oh shit, I hope that this guy never has kids or anything because he's so we, good at his we, job." Yeah, like we need him doing shit. Don't don't. That's on you. If you make yourself so invaluable that people don't want you to have a life, that's on you. <laughs> you need to be the person who's always dipping out to have a life. Okay. That's a little pro tip. Um, and then another one I have is like. 
Uh, why does this elementary school have a, a literal show on Christmas Eve? Like, you couldn't have... People just, travel. You couldn't have had it on, like, uh, December 23rd, <laughs> where it's, like, not a holiday? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's... I'd be real fucking pissed if my kid had a goddamn shitty-ass show on Christmas Eve. Yeah, like, I, we do shit on Christmas Eve. Like, we have, like, a fucking yeah, no thing. shit. Like, and this I, is at night. If I had to go to fucking school and sit in those fucking weak-ass seats, fuck that noise. Yeah, so this is, like, a, like a really poorly planned out elementary school here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to crack open... An, uh, should I go upstairs and crack up, open another bottle of wine? I was going to bring extra wine. Like, we've got bottles out right now. I was going to bring more. I, we've surpassed our... I, I have thought about it multiple times at this point. All right, time out. Cool wine tip. Uh, sometimes when you're opening the bottle of wine, you get cork in the... The wine, everyone freaks out, like, ah, you get, there's, you fucked up, there's cork in the wine. Uh, people don't know this, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't think Just it does. Drink the cork, who cares? <laughs> it's like having it's pulp. Healthy. healthy. It's like, whatever. Like, this I sh- think, uh, I think that a big hesitation uh, for straight white men, or straight, straight men in general. We need to uh, come up with a term for, like, the, what is essentially our, not our enemies, but like the, the type of people that were taken down. Like white men, white straight men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that the a big hesitation for like the the wine connoisseurs, yeah, or would be connoisseurs, is that like the fact that opening wine really sucks. Yeah. Oh, I I brought uh, what I I dread it. I brought some cab sav and it didn't. It, I did a you had uh, a twist off a twist nice off little very tasteful, <laughs> very thirteen dollar bottle of wine. Yeah. I mean, I think both of mine were. 13 or under and they... another wine thing if you spend 20 dollars or more on wine you're a fucking, fucking idiot creep yeah it kind of all tastes the same at yes. least to me i and i hope that that never changes because i don't want to ever have to spend like right $25. i don't want to not desire a great a 10 bottle of right wine. exactly and a great thing about wine is that it's so fucking cheap yes uh so in the store if you go to a fucking restaurant man you're oh dude the wine markup in restaurants is unbelievable uh i gotta shout out my guys at uh frank's on Mass Ave in Cambridge, they have a $14 house wine. You go to a fucking restaurant, it's a steakhouse, and they have a $14 bottle of wine. That is unbelievable. I went with a friend recently and just fucking got lit up on like three bottles of $14 wine. We were fucking kings. Also, shout outs to any restaurant that has like a, a um, what's it called? An, a corking fee? Uncorking fee or something like that? Where like you can just bring a bottle of wine, they'll... Yeah, but how much do they charge? I've always, like I've always fifteen not... bucks or something like that. Oh, so if you bring like a ten dollar, like I'd rather spend twenty five dollars to drink a ten dollar bottle of wine than pay fucking sixty for right something I or don't just know like the difference. like pay ten right. So you said what twenty five? Yeah, yeah, total. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, what else you got on? <laughs> uh, actually, untu- this is by the way we realized while uh, dipping in to more wine that this is. By far our longest episode of brunch. Yes, by far the longest episode, and it and, and it's the only and, and focused only, episode, only episode where we've ever talked about one subject. Yes, We're, we've kind of diverted a little bit, but like we've stuck to the exact same subject beginning to end. Yeah, an untouched note that I have is they make a lot of people get naked in this movie for no reason. Uh, who do they make get naked? So like the whole the, body sta- the whole double uh, stand-in scene, mm-hmm. like that—that's very unnecessary. 
Um, they make the the workaholic when she sleeps with Aladdin. She takes out. She shows her boobs. Oh yeah, and I they don't. Have, they yeah, don't, there's 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 titties there. I hate to use this word. There's titties. titties yeah. yeah. They she gets naked. There's Someone no, by the way uh, no tweeted at me for the last episode because we said fingering, and they said they were not. They said they were shocked to hear us use the word fingering. I felt weird saying it. Sorry. I Again, we're I not felt, those guys. Right. I felt weird saying yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I, if I was that actress, I'd be like, why do, I, why do I have to take off my bra here? Right. I'm playing the person who is... We said this last week, but, like, for an actress to show her boobs... It's a big that, thing. That's, like, a really big thing. That, and, that changes her career. Right. Exactly. And it, like... You you really like sacrifice a lot as an actress to like show your boobs. Yeah, and for her it was very unnecessary in that situation. She could have easily left her bra on, and yeah. things would have been the exact same. They were not far enough along in the hookup that it would be right. assumed at that point that person would be braless. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was weird. Um, also, the I guess this isn't technically technically naked, but like the secretary. Takes off her dress at some point and like shows like sexy lingerie. They underneath. only do that for just to show like, hey, she was ready for sex, right? But like, who, is it anyone was very unnecessary? Is anyone watching this fucking movie to get their rocks off? You right. know, like, to, like right? You're like watching this with your girlfriend, yeah. just like to because you're watching because your girlfriend making you do it, right. yeah. Not to be like, oh, you got to see this movie. A girl is wearing a bra at one point. Nice. Yeah, it gotta was, do that. It felt like a lot of forced uh, skin. Yes, yes. Um, although, again, I'm gonna say I like the way the uh, crazy secretary looks. Fair enough. Another note I have is there's like a lot of this movie is like n- awkward standing around between people who like each other. Yes, there is so much awkward standing around. You actually, you said you wanted to do a. You I'm going. To- I'm going to do. I will say confidently, I'm going to do a montage of just. Characters in the movie standing around with the people that they like. You need to position it as like, you need to make the title like best Love scenes. Actually in parentheses like 2013 best scenes and it's just everyone standing around. There's this, a lot of standing around. This movie around. was not made in 2013, was it? 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2003. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. It was the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much awkward standing around. It's unfathomable how much they're standing around there. Is. Also, I just, so I hit, so we just checked on Netflix. So I have it paused now. And it says, you're watching Love Actually, 2003, 2 hours and 14 minutes, R. It's rated R? This is a rated R movie. I did not know but that. You know what? You want to know why? Because of all the unnecessary nudity. Oh, that's actually true. There are. So that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of that, nece- that, that nudity is unnecessary. You could have easily made this a PG-13 right. movie. That's weird to make the movie, P- to make it the movie they U- R because they, they you need U- to show some, like, mentally ill brother dependent woman nipple that's weird right right it's it's so strange because usually movies will do anything that they can to make it pg-13 right. rather than r because that cuts off a significant portion yeah. of the audience this is like a fucking for me i this strikes me as a pg movie not even a pg-13 movie right. well i mean there's a lot of nudity yeah but nudity shouldn't like i'm, I'm this movie tried to push the envelope where it didn't need to push the envelope. Yeah. It's fuck. God damn. Um so I'm out of notes. Are you out of notes? Um I have I think maybe one more. Let me check. I'm gonna have a little wine while you do that. 
Oh, uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, the last scene in the airport, they play God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Wonderful. Uh, not as good as Only God Knows Why by Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of fat shaming, uh, the father says uh, congrats on like being Miss Dunkin' Donuts 2003. <laughs> yes! To the fat... The fat like nobody would want his fat daughter because she's a little overweight, and so therefore she deserves to die alone. That is Thanks for the refill. Off here. Um, that is. It's a weird. He's thing very mean. Say about your own and, and also child. like a lot of mixed signals on the part of the fat sister because uh, on the way to walking towards the restaurant, she says. Like, Dad, you better not say yes to this weird American man who wants to, like, marry your daughter. But then when, they, when they're actually at the restaurant, she says, you better fucking say yes. I'll say I don't blame someone for meeting that guy and being like, you know what? Maybe don't say yes to this guy's marriage proposal. Well, like, yeah. if, I, if I found out that guy, like, he'd just been cucked. And he's, he's just losing been his cucked. mind. He's desperate enough to, like, travel interstate. Continentally, I don't think it's continent. No, because it's in Europe. Yeah, right. So, so like, it's inter. I don't know. We'll edit this. Yeah, it's interstate countryish. Shut whatever, the fuck whatever up. The, He's drunk. Whatever, okay, guys, get over right, it. Exactly. Whatever that word is. Yeah. Uh, interstate, intercountryish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he travels across countries to propose his love to a woman that he has never had a real conversation with. Like, I would be like, maybe you should, like, not say yes immediately to this person. Dude, like, that's the fucking common theme of this movie. It's a bunch of people who don't know the other person. Like, they're huge into professing their love. To somebody that they don't know. To people they don't know. I cannot identify with that. That weirds me the fuck out, man. That is, that just gives me the fucking willies. Again, imagine if someone did that to you. Imagine if a fucking stranger who was like, hey, we've met twice. I'm in love with you. You'd be like, no. That might be like the most biggest turnoff of all time. Is when people some- loving you? That's my biggest turnoff. <laughs> right. Well, like people who like literally don't know you. Yeah. Being like, I love you. It's weird like, as fuck, man. Shut the f- Like, no. Yeah, get away from me. I don't like when people I actually know say that they love that- me. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> right? uh, that is... I just imagine, like, there could be another movie where it's the people who are being told by strangers that they love them, like, their reactions. Like, I want to know this movie from the fucking, uh, is she Portuguese? She's Portuguese. I'd like to know this movie from the Portuguese angle. Also hilarious that she is Portuguese, but she lives in, or, like, she works in France, apparently doesn't know a lick of French while working in France. Because we know that this guy knows French. Yeah. Because he spoke French to a person. uh, But she doesn't know a lick of French. uh, Ends up with an American. Right. (laughs) Like, sick man. Whatever. I I hate this movie. 